the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking to you today about telling America's secrets, giving voices to veterans. And we're going to be telling you some things today, my guests will be, that you don't hear in mainstream media. Um, those of you who have been listening to the show for a while know that uh, I always try to take you behind the scenes because <laughs> because this uh, idea of a free press sometimes gets watered down um, by some other influences like advertisers or like what's politically correct or various other things. And uh, I like to get analyze everything and put them on Dr. Carol's couch and get to the truth. And we're going to be getting to the truth today, some hard truths um, and some some inspiration as well. Uh, A lot of times Americans, some Americans, wish that veterans could be seen and not heard and preferably not even seen because it makes some people uncomfortable. We feel guilty. We feel um, that in a perfect world there wouldn't be war. We feel all kinds of things. We feel um, a lot of people, now that there's no draft, some people are feeling guilty that they're not enlisting. You know, does that make them less of a man? All those kinds of things. Um, we There is a, a, a an incredibly creative and wonderful um, organization that was recently developed in Los Angeles called the Veterans Center for the Performing Arts. And we're going to be talking about that and some of the uh, shows that they're going to be performing, but we're also going to be going behind the scenes and have, letting these veterans tell you things that you, you know, what it's really like, what coming home is really like, not in seven-minute sound bites or even 30-second uh, sound bites that you might hear on the radio. Uh, in these patronizing kinds of uh, interviews or stories, but the real deal. You know, what inspired me uh, to do this topic today is that we recently had Independence Day, July 4th, and I couldn't help thinking what would happen if you went into a school, into an elementary school, a middle school, high school, <laughs> hopefully it would be better in college, but and asked the kids what what is July 4th? Why do we celebrate July 4th? How many of them would connect July 4th with fireworks, hot dogs, barbecues? But if you ask them what really happened on July 4th, how many of them would know? In fact, that's the day that Congress adopted the Declaration of Independence, declaring independence from the king, the kingdom of Great Britain. And um, so that's the day that we essentially uh, sealed (laughs) our independence. And what also has been forgotten, um, or at least not thought of sufficiently, is how much veterans have been given, giving to our country uh, in the years that followed to keep our independence, to help us keep our democracy and our independence. How much celebration... Uh, goes on about that and how much thought goes on about that. 
um, I, I don't think I have to, you know, it's, so these are rhetorical questions. I think um, we all have some, own, some ideas about the answers, and they're not really great. Um, I'm sure my guests have some ideas about the answers, too, so let me introduce them. Uh, Stefan Wolfert is the founding creator and the artistic director of the Veterans Center for the Performing Arts. We also have Rinjay Delphin and Joey Pate, who are going to be joining us. So why don't I start with you, Stefan? What, let me first get your reaction to uh, what I was going on about in the introduction. Uh, well, thanks for having us. The thing is, I was scribbling down because you brought up about 17 different things I'd love to talk about. <laughs> sure, well, go for it. Um, well, the, uh, just when you went back, when you were talking about the you know, Independence Day and, and all that, and, and I'm, I'm obviously glad we celebrate it, but uh, one of the things that was sort of passed over is then how many people had to actually go to war over that and, yeah. and, and what had to happen. And then um, what our organization primarily deals with is giving an artistic voice once you're back, whether it be peacetime, combat, whatever, you, you, once you're done with your service, using the arts to help with that transition, which I believe is a lifelong transition back into the civilian community and also getting the civilian involved. Uh, by civilian, I just mean the community, people who didn't serve necessarily uh, directly in the military or in the armed services. So we use the arts as that because that was the greatest tool for me. But uh, going, one of the shows we're actually developing is um, uh, it doesn't have a title, unfortunately, yet, but it, it's the contribution of... of Black Americans to the military, and you know we always hear about the Flying Tigers and and uh, some of these these more renowned groups of Buffalo Soldiers. But uh, all the way back to the Revolutionary War, what's fascinating is there were some uh, in, immense contributions. And at that time, there was there were there were uh, African Americans, and then there were Black Americans, and there were two different things. And there were huge numbers that served. And and I'm not talking you know digging ditches. I'm talking like invaded forts and spied and did all these incredible things that are just lost. You know, when you watch, in fact, the guy who scouted the route across the uh, for Valley Forge for George Washington was black, but you don't mm. see him in the, mm. in the painting. So these are a lot of, uh, you know, just one of the many things that we're trying to address. And, I mean, our, our motto is always uh, no pity, no apology, no political agenda. So with the political agenda, it's not that we're trying to, we're just trying to get things accurate and show people what's really going on. And that being said, it's not always about war. I mean, we have a couple of uh, veterans that I'm working with right now, and one was a woman who served during peacetime, and she actually, the first time we met, she cried because she said, I, I don't know what kind of veteran I am because I didn't serve during war. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is, this is somebody who was profoundly affected by her 20 years of service. You know, she was tagging dead bodies and things mm. like that, but she didn't serve in a combat zone, and she felt guilty about it. Now, she barely even tells people that she's a... Huh. You know that she was a veteran, and 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 that being said, like I said, I can ramble on, but uh, stop me if you need. But but the thing that fascinates me is we're a tenth of the population, and and not you know what you hear about most is you know the, the vets living under the highway, and and abs- believe me, <clears throat> we absolutely need to take care of them. I don't I'm not saying that. why do they get all the attention. I'm saying that they need <laughs> the bulk of our attention, and they need direct and immediate help. Uh, uh, but there is, and you know. A, a, that's numbers around half a million to a million. That means there's 25 million or so, uh, depending on whose numbers you believe, uh, running around and just sort of falling back into society. But every wait, wait, could we get that? So you're saying there are about 25 million living veterans? Mm-hmm. 
There's actually more, yes. There's about 20, uh, between 25 and 27 million living veterans, U.S. veterans. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it, is a really, um, it is a really large number when you, it is. When you, in terms of the percentage of the population. Mm-hmm. And so as you walk down the street or go in the grocery store, one in ten people you're meeting have served in the military. Of course, that number, you know, is going, I mean, it's going up in numbers. I, well, I mean, it's going down in percentage, really, isn't it? Because, because, um, because as people are dying off. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, well... <laughs> we have a new war to to bring in new people. So <laughs> you are right. We're losing what I consider is a valuable resource. So the war, our World War II veterans and World War II era veterans are are dying off at at a at, you know a phenomenal rate because they're just reaching that that age where there where there's just a steep uh, increase. But but the other number that's also steeply increasing is there's yeah. always according to the VA's own numbers. Approximately three out of four have served of the uh, three out of four of those twenty five million have served during a time of hostility, um, and that's the number that's actually going up, and, uh-huh. and and that's the one that that disturbs disturbs me the most. I mean, not that our dying World War II vets doesn't disturb me, but the thing that troubles me is that this this lesson that we continue to forget. I was a history major in undergrad, and and one of the first things you the the cliche you learn in, in a history class is what the main thing we learn about history is that we don't learn from history. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and being 41 now and having, I served 10 years uh, from approximately Panama to, to Mogadishu and the Gulf War in between there. Um, and what, what fascinates me is every time we, we get up for a war, we, it, it seems to me it's taken a little too lightly. And then we go in and afterwards we go, wow, war actually really affects the people that, that go into, the, you know, the, the soldiers, the men and women that go into it. Um, they really, it really bothers them and really disturbs them, and they seem to have problems when they get back. And we have more homeless, and we have more problems uh, with violent crime, et cetera, et cetera. And oh wow, the VA doesn't seem to be really addressing it the way it should be. And then we forget about it a couple of years later. Then we have another war, and everyone goes, "Wow, combat really affects people." And wow, yeah. the VA is broken. And then we, you know, it's just a cycle. Yeah. And just in little of is forty years that I've seen. I'm just in awe that we continually forget this. this yes. Lesson. Well, let's let's start with that. Your own experience. You know, before what made you enlist? But what what were you planning to do? Before, I mean, I presume you enlisted. Yes, I did. I and, enlisted first, and then became an officer. Yes. And and. Um, what what were you doing before that? I mean, what made you um, incorporate that into your plans? Well, enlisting. Yes, I mean, um, what, were you planning to do something else before then? What was the what was the what made you do that? Well, I, I guess in a lot of ways, sort of the, the classic enlistment. I, I you hear more about people talking about college, but for me, it was to get away from my hometown and go out and see the world and. Et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we, we were poor. I couldn't, you know, just take trips. I couldn't, you know, backpack across Europe and, and go to go to college. I had to go to state college and didn't even have enough money for that. And really didn't like college, to be honest. <laughs> I kind of hated it. I did a year and quit and uh, joined the army. I thought that was a great way to, to. I wanted to be a pilot, but my ears were too messed up. So they. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. Remember, it was the Reagan era, so they were really trying to get the military back up and get that mm. sense of pride. And I bought into it and hopped in and joined. And uh, and uh, I actually did enjoy it. I have to say, my ten years, I loved. I loved my time in service. It was a tough decision to get out. Actually, what made you decide to get out? I I actually saw Richard the Third, a 
the, the play Shakespeare's Richard III, and it so profoundly affected me that I said I wanted to do that the rest of my life. I want to go to graduate school for theater and, and do that. Huh, and you saw that while you were, were you on leave, or was this? I was, I was on leave, because um, I, I, it took three more years to get out, but I was, I was on leave, and uh, I was traveling through Montana, and I, thought, and I had never seen, that I recall anyway, see, had seen a Shakespeare play, and uh, I was also a little too much back history for you. I, in, in high school, I was paralyzed for a little over two years, um, uh, on again, off again, I'd injured my back on the wrestling team mm-hmm. uh, and was paralyzed. So, uh, if, as a 15 year old, having you know, not being able to go out and party and goof off and do all the things you do in high school, uh, restricted pretty much to bed and a wheelchair. <laughs> I was, wow. That was that also influenced my going into the military. Once I'd made a full recovery, in spite of the fact they thought I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I just wanted to go out and do everything and prove to everybody that I was fine and healthy, huh. and I thought the Army was a good way to do that. And then uh, when Richard, the you know, character Richard comes out and does that opening speech, for anyone who knows it, you know, he talks about, he, he, you know, he's deformed and how during war he knew what to do, and now the war is over and he doesn't know what to do. Cause here oh, he's wow. Hunchback, so it affected me that deeply. Huh. That's... Um... That's quite a compelling story, and we'll hear more when we come back from this break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We're talking today about telling America's secrets, giving voice to veterans, and the Veterans Center for the Performing Arts. We've just heard from Stefan Wolfbert. He's the founding director, um, founding creator and artistic director, and he's also an actor in his own right. And um, we're going to be talking uh, to... Renjay Delphin and Joey Pate when we come back, also veterans and actors. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The Cherry Douglas Show, with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Cherry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Cherry Douglas Show. Join Cherry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Cherry Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas broadcasts each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith-based entertainment, news, events, and trends. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. 
www.drcarol.com. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today, telling America's secrets, giving voice to veterans with my guest, uh, Stefan Wolfert, the founding creator and artistic director of the Veteran Center for the Performing Arts, and two actors who are also veterans, uh, Renjay Delphin and Joey Pate. Now, before the break, um, we were talking um, to um, Stefan about his his uh, epiphany <laughs> at when he went when he was in um, the service and happened to see on on leave, um, Richard III, and there was a powerful opening monologue that affected you. So could you just um, tell us a little more about that for people who haven't? Absolutely, yes, I can. Uh, the, when he comes out, and keep in mind, I'd never see, <laughs> seen this and, uh, or read it even. Uh, somehow I escaped it in high school and thought I didn't think much of Shakespeare because I was you know, from a dairy farm. Uh, so he comes out and he says, now is the winter of our discontent made glorious summer. He talks about how now are, are we hanging up our, our weapons and now are we going to do parades instead of marching into battle? Now are we going to um, live, live a life of peace? And it's all because of, because of this war, the War of the Roses specifically. He's talking about it's a real character, actually, from history. And uh, after the celebration, in the middle of the speech, he says, but I, that I'm not shaped for sportive tricks. I, I, and he talks about how, how now it's during a time of peace. I'm not, I, I'm not a lover. I'm not good-looking. I have a hunchback uh, during war. And this is actually a man who was you know, conceived, gestated, and raised in a time of war, and now there's peace, and he knows nothing else. And he's not, he's not this suave, good-looking guy that's smooth. He, he only knows and excels at war. And now he's got to try and deal with uh, peacetime. And he does not deal well with it. Anyone knows the story? He actually uh, wants to become king, and he murders a lot of people, including children, to do it. Now, that's, I'm not saying that I love that aspect of him, but when he said that speech of, uh, it, was, it was what I call now with the vets, the big now what. You know, yeah. now that I'm not, you know, I, I went in and I did my time, and now what? Yeah. Now what do I do? And, and that just 
absolutely you know zapped me when and, when, I, when I heard that speech. And that not only caused you to want to get out of the military and be an actor, but I presume that that was also the inspiration for founding the Veterans Center for the Performing Arts. It was, yeah. To help with a, the now what? Yes, it, and, and that came over time. I didn't realize it was staring me right in the face, but yeah, it took a, a little bit of time. I worked with uh, my name dropping now, but I was just fortunate enough to, in graduate school to fall into working with Twyla Tharp on the production of Moving Out that went to Broadway. Uh, and I back when it was just an infant of an idea that she was working with, I was lucky enough to get working with her there, and we did a lot of talkbacks with veterans afterwards. And that's when, this was 96, 97, and that's when uh, it started clicking with me that, that, uh, that, wow, there's really something here. This is truly, I mean, it was helping me with my transition, but I saw other guys, and it was funny, it was just, you know, because this is primarily a dance show that, that, that Twyla, of course, she's a world-class choreographer, so you saw these sort of hardened Vietnam vets going, yeah, that was pretty good. And, and they, they were actually moved and almost embarrassed to admit that they were moved by this work of art that included them in the art uh-huh. uh, in their story and their experiences and, and, and that's when I was really went wow this is we need to merge these two this is something profound Here well we yes absolutely well I, I want to go to uh, Renje Delphin now because um, Renje um, you are uh, because Renje is on a bus apparently <laughs> <laughs> Why we're hearing some of that feedback, and so why don't I let Renje tell his story first, so that we can, uh, uh, so that you can move on to your interview. What? What? Tell us first of all about um, how, when you got involved with the Veterans Center for the Performing Arts, and what um, service, um, what your service experience was, and, and what it's like for you coming back. For like five years, and and I came I came out and I wanted to go to school, so I'm, a, I'm I've always been fascinated with by music. You know, I played all through high school, and and so when I went to school, I wanted to study music. I took voice class. My teacher was saying, "Oh, well, you know, you have to perform the song, communicate the song with your body." You know, so I, I thought. You know, maybe if I take an acting class or something, it would help. And my counselor, my veteran counselor, told me about about Mr. Wolford and and the play that that he was a that he was that he was looking for some veterans for. So that's how I got to meet him. And I'm really glad I did because I mean I'm learning so much from 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 his you know from being in that play. And um, have you been having a hard time getting back into society? Um, well, well, because I'm here, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, I mean, I just, I mean, I just try to do as much as I can every day, you know. I mean, I have a, I'm real optimistic. I have a real positive attitude. I think people are... are um, you know, really take the like to, to me for my positive attitude, but but you know, I know a lot of veterans that that aren't as fortunate as I am, you know, and I think yeah, a lot of veterans really could really benefit from from Mr. Oper's program, you know, like like I have. It's, 
Mm-hmm. Like I, said, I learned, I learned so much. I just, I just sit there with my pen and paper. I just take notes every time we talk. <laughs> and and you're, I understand that you're going to be in the upcoming performance of Twelfth Night, right? Yes, ma'am. What do you play? Oh, I play. Well, I have two parts. I'm, I'm, I'm balancing one of the the two entourage, and I'm also I'm also one of the police officers. Uh huh. Yeah. And yeah. have you found that helpful in terms of um, um, feeling that it's giving some expression to to some of your feelings? Well, yeah, because like it's an outdoor stage, so we really had to talk really loudly, like mm-hmm. at the year. And I'm a real soft-spoken person, so everybody's always telling me speak up. Uh-huh. You know, so, so yeah, that's a good practice for me. <laughs> well, all right, Renze, we're going to let you go because um, because it is a little hard to hear, but I wish oh, yeah. you luck on your job interview. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, thank you very much. <laughs> but don't tell them that you have to be off on the uh, for the times of the performances. The short of <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I'm going to let them know. I'm not going to let nothing interfere with that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank well, thank you. Thanks for putting up with all my feedback and stuff. All right. Thank well, you, you Renzi. Good afternoon. Good luck, Renzi. We'll see you tonight. Um, yes, you know, uh, um, why we before we have to take another break, Joey, why don't I just let you get in here and uh, talk about, um, well, first of all, tell us a little about, a bit about your uh, military experience. Let's start with that. All right. Well, um, I was straight out of high school. I went into the uh, Air National Guard because I thought that's what I was supposed to do, <laughs> and all my friends were doing it. Uh, of course, it helped pay for college, um, and, and I had a I had a really great experience. Um, I was um, I was in the Air National Guard uh, in Kentucky, and uh, it, it was it was just a great learning experience. I met a lot of people, and it and it helped me grow up, and so I'm I'm uh, forever grateful for that. My uh, my experience with war, though, uh, I was in during the first Gulf War, and uh, I was activated to go over. And so I can kind of understand what uh, Stephen uh, Stephen was talking about, uh, the female veteran that he was talking to, um, where she didn't serve overseas. Well, I was activated to go over, and uh, we were sitting on the flight line waiting and waiting, and, uh, uh, you know, a popular saying in the Air Force is, or in the military is hurry up and wait. <laughs> so that's pretty much what I did on the flight line for about 10 hours. And so I had a lot of time to think, and I, I really was, uh, you know, uh, wanting to go to, to serve my country and, and help my, my, um, my, you know, my fellow military people over there. Uh and I ended up not going, and that that gave me a little bit of guilt about it, you know, because all my friends had gone, a lot of people in my unit had gone, and uh, I, I felt like I was a little bit of a failure there for a while because I didn't go. Well, when you say you didn't go, how did that happen? I mean, it wasn't your choice, was it? No, it was not my choice. Um, we we were told just to stand by and wait um, and, you know, wait for word. What happened was, you know, the the first Gulf War, the it, it was over in a snap, basically, mm-hmm. uh, and and so they had people ready to go uh-huh. all over the U.S. basically, and and then you know it was just over, so I didn't go. Uh huh. 
But even and though it wasn't your choice, you still felt guilty about it. I did. I really did. For a while. You know, and I, I've come to terms with that. Um, it, it, it took a while to come to terms with that. But, I, you know, I, when I talk to veterans, I, I still get a little feeling of guilt about it mm-hmm. every now and again. Mm-hmm. But I, I was able to serve stateside, you know, as support. So, so that helped a lot. Well, when we come back, I want to talk a little more about about what it's like. I mean, you two obviously had good experiences in the military, but you certainly know what it's from other veterans, um, or maybe even yourselves, what it's like to come back either even after having a good experience, but particularly for people who didn't have such a good experience. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that when we get back. We're talking, we're, we have to take a break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about telling America's secrets and giving voice to veterans. So stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. 
Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about telling America's secrets, giving voice to veterans. We have with us Stefan Wolfert. He's the founding creator and artistic director of the Veterans Center for the Performing Arts. And with us still is Joey Pate. He's an actor um, and veteran and part of the uh, Veterans Center for the Performing Arts, also um, involved in a, in a play that's coming up. And we're going to be talking to you towards the end of the show about what is coming up. And um, if you are in the uh, Southern California area or you can get here, <laughs> we'll tell you what uh, about a treat that's in store for you. Um, dramatically speaking. Let's just go back now to some of these secrets, America's secrets. Um, we were talking about, we started to talk about what it's like to when when people come back. I mean, certainly, um, as you were mentioning, Stefan, certainly there's been, uh, it's been in the news about the suicides and about the, um, you know, how bad the VA treatment is. There isn't, there aren't enough um Therapists, really, and with enough time. I mean, the government isn't putting enough money into it to to give people the the help that they need. So, what are some of the problems that um, people have coming back? Uh, well, uh, I think that's unfortunately is the problems are as many as there are people coming back, mm-hmm. not, and I'm not dodging it by any stretch. It's just that that that's been my experience with that. You know, each vet that I talk to uh, on every level because. You have the ones that are like, hey, I absolutely have no problem whatsoever, and you, you can tell. I mean, I was one of those. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I don't have any issues. And then nine years later, you know, I'm in in a play that that's just tapping at my very core and my deepest, you know, the things that, that upset me the most and going, wow, I, I really didn't deal with that adjustment the last nine years as well as I thought. To which, people who really which are. Which play was that? Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, it was it was uh, Othello, and I was doing Cassio of all things, and he's got a speech, and he talks about reputation, where he he gets drunk and he he screws up, and and he loses his his whole life over it, and and that that chord of just the fact that he held it, it wasn't reputation for me because at that time it was a much higher, you know, in that story and everything, it, his reputation was much higher, and it was life or death, but. For whatever reason, it just struck such a chord with me that every night we did 85 performances of that at Trinity Rep out in Rhode Island. And uh, every night I just found myself barely being able to get through it speaking because I would just weep uncontrollably and, and, and talking about you know, throwing this all away, everything away and, and uh, you know, for drink and you know, for a couple mm. of drinks. And it just, just blew me away. And I know that I, you know, I did have a stint there where I was, you know, is a twelve pack to get to sleep and that that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. well, was, go ahead. No, I just uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't want to. Mean, I didn't mean show, to cut you off on that. No, no, no. Please <laughs> do, please do. <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> My mother might hear this show. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a break, Joey. <laughs> yeah. What um, what are some of the things that you dealt with coming back? I mean, you were talking to us about feeling some guilt about not not being in active combat, but what were some of the other things? Well, um, adjusting basically to, um, you know, college life or, or, you know, getting back into the civilian world, uh, especially after I, I, you know, got out, it's not easy. You know, a lot of my friends uh, came back and they were different. They were just completely different. And and that's, you know, that's difficult for them. And and, uh, just for me dealing with them trying to help them, you know, I, I couldn't understand, 
totally. And, and that that was hard to deal with, you know. Um, and, and again, that goes back to the guilt. I'm like, well, you know, what if I felt like that? What, you know, why don't I feel like that? Well, could you this? Could you um, try to explain that a little deeper? Um, I mean, th- that that is something for people who haven't been in combat. To, that they find hard to understand what are some of the ways that people change. I mean, um, you know, obviously uh, having to kill another, you know, it's it's uh, socially acceptable killing. I, I mean, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that, that go through people's minds? What are these problems? Well, you just see it in their eyes, uh, the first thing. Uh, that's what I noticed. Um, uh, I, I just see, especially when they first got back, uh, one of my best friends, his his eyes were just blank for the longest time, and he would tell me that he just has nightmares. Um, you know, can't sleep through the night. And uh, what's what's odd about that is that he was the uh, preacher's son at our church, um, and you know, so he he would uh, he would find solace in in praying about it and, and going to church, but still, you know, it was just very difficult, and I didn't know, you know, as a as his best friend, I just didn't know how to deal with that with him. Uh, I was just kind of there, you know, and, and it brought, for me personally, it brought back, you know, guilt again, mm-hmm. but, I, you know, I struggled with the guilt also because I thought, well, why should I feel guilty? You know, I, I didn't go. I was supposed to go, but I didn't. Um, I should be thankful. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the problems come in. You know, people, uh, you know, that that didn't fight in in wars, they feel guilty because friends, colleagues did, and, and they feel like, well, I, I let let them down. Mm-hmm. And I, I struggled with that for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, but I overcame it, and and you know, I, I have so. I still stay in contact with my friend, my best friend from years ago, and and he's doing a lot better. He's got a great family support, you know. So so I'm real happy about all that. And how does now you're going to be in the upcoming Twelfth uh, Night, right? Yes. And you play. I play Sir Andrew Agichi. And um, how has uh, that character playing that character? Um, has that tapped into, you know, some things from being in the military, or how has that, um, what impact has that had on you? Well, uh, the character I'm playing is a, a bit of a, if I can uh, explain it correctly, is a bit of a bumbling idiot <laughs> who is vying for the love of Viola. So um, it, it's more slapstick, and it, it just makes me forget everything. You know, when, I, when I'm on stage and when I'm rehearsing, uh, it's, I feel like just a totally different person. Um, you know, that's that's what I think you should portray when you're on stage. It, it's you know, you're not yourself. You're uh, for me. I, I delve into a part of me that that is the comedian, I guess, especially for this part. And it just makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy when I'm on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a way of sort of escaping some of these other thoughts that. That you feel. When... Oh, it's a definite escape. Yeah, I mean, uh, we all, you know, in our in our everyday lives, all of us, we have problems that we deal with, um, burdens and things like that. Um, for me, acting is a way of escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
which, it, and, and then I'm going to turn around and, and rip at his core in the next play, <laughs> which is what we do. Because <laughs> right now we're doing Twelfth Night, a comedy, but at, but after that we're doing Coriolanus, and it's not one of the the lesser done plays of of Shakespeare. And the reason I love it is that actually is whereas Twelfth Night would seemingly have nothing to do with the military, Coriolanus, in, in my opinion, is is it epitomizes it almost more than any of his other plays because Coriolanus is this just um, amazing general that goes off and single-handedly, almost single-handedly, when you know kills Tarquin, this this dictator, and unifies Rome and turns it over to Congress, which is voted by the people. But he just has this disdain for people. But at the same time, he will go. He's the first one to step up when they say later there's there's another war, there's another person trying to invade Rome and kill Romans. He steps up. He's like, absolutely not. Won't have it. But he, you know, he's just in that world where he, he, when he's in combat, he knows what to do. But when he comes back, he just doesn't. And he, he you know, POs everybody. He just absolutely, they, <laughs> they turn on him and, and he turns on them. And, and it's just this, this, this bitter, uh, uh, tumultuous relationship between Coriolanus and the people and the politicians, of course, in the middle. Well, yes, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you about that. Um, the, how you select um, the pieces that that the veterans perform? Well, the summer is different. What what uh, Ron Jane and Joey were talking about is our is our summer program that we're just getting. We we are co-producing it with a very similar organization to what we are called Lava, the Los Angeles area artists. Uh, Los Angeles area Veterans Arts Alliance. Um, we're co-producing it with them, and, and the, the goal is. But next summer we're going to have a two-week conservatory, Shakespeare Conservatory, for that's free to vets, hmm. uh, and, and as well as a, a summer theater camp for kids. And then uh, after those two programs, we'll then go into rehearsals, and we pick the plays more around the summer. We try and do a comedy, and then something. Uh, whether it be history or tragedy. So we just try and balance it out that way with Shakespeare. But our, our regular season is all original works developed and uh, developed. It's, it's written or generated by military veterans. Uh, so, and what we do is then we bring in, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have some high-end professional directors, dramaturgs, and actors that come in, you know, like Joey, that, that come in. Uh, and they may be veterans, they may not, but they're extremely talented. And they help give that voice, that that whatever story they want to tell, whether it be war or a musical about bugs, and we have both and everything in between, mm-hmm. uh, and they take that and they de- we develop it and then professionally produce it uh, in our indoor space, which is at Mortis and Tenon. It's a very tiny little theater that they have uh, let us take over. Um, yes, and I, I know that you did a wonderful, uh, critically acclaimed um, performance of, um, man- of well, a, a version of Man of La Mancha. Mm-hmm. Could you tell I, us how you how you put the military or veteran twist on that? I, I can, because yeah, because within our charter we develop and produce original works, but I also left it open for us to examine existing works from a veteran's perspective, and we set it into a, a recreation hall of a VA mental health ward. We use the actual text, but we set it in a mental health ward with just two actors, because uh, yeah. I teach at the VA, so we modeled it after that. Hmm. Yes, I I heard the reviews and. Uh, it was incredibly original and, and impactful. <laughs> so we'll need to take another break. We are talking today with um, two veterans, two actors, two very creative people who are being very honest about what the experience is like um, as we tell America's secrets and give voice to veterans. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, 
Dr. Kara Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today about telling America's secrets, giving voice to veterans with uh, two veterans that we're still talking with today, Stefan Wolfert. He's the founding creator and the artistic director of the Veterans Center for the Performing Arts. We're going to be talking about uh, some of the performances that are coming up with that. And veteran and actor Joey Pate. Um, so um, in the time that we have left, let's first of all make sure that we have enough time to tell people where um, the performances are. Let's start with that. Okay. Um, the summer Shakespeare performances are out in, they're at, uh, in West L.A., and uh, I'll give you the address, but uh, I'll give you our website address. Um, we have it all on there. It's at uh, www.govcpa.com, so G-O-V-C-P-A.com, uh, and we have it on there. But it's, it's Santa Monica and the 405, roughly. There's an outdoor band shell there where they have live jazz on Wednesdays, and, and we're Thursday, I mean, Friday and Saturday nights at 8 p.m. and sat, uh, Sundays at Four. There's also a farmer's market there on Sundays. But, uh, so we're doing that all summer long, starting this weekend through September, first weekend of September. Uh, and our, our indoor theater is in, in Hollywood. It's on La Brea, housed in the furniture store of Mortis, Mortis and Tenon at 446 South La Brea. So they're in there. But can, I, can I hop on to something? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because you're saying uh, America's secrets. And, and I feel that, you know, again, our, our, we really try and 
uh, you know, our motto, like I said, over and over again, is, is, is no pity, no apology, no political agenda. So what we try and do is stay out of, you know, whoa, poor me, poor me, but at the same time giving voice to the veteran whatever in whatever aspect they want. It can be combat or not. And, uh, uh, but the political agenda is a trickier thing because I'm much more obsessed with that transition, that time, that big now what that I mentioned earlier from out of getting, you know, and then Joey referred to once you're out, how do you do with that transition, whether you're, you know, whether you serve, you know, whether you're in combat or not, and uh, there's so many things that come up as as I because what I do is I just interview a lot of veterans. That's where we get a lot of our material from, and 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 it's there really are. I mean, one of the the secrets that we keep the most. I mean, again, trying to stay apolitical for the most part, but you know, we're bringing back the dead soldiers and under cover of night. I mean, this is just something mm-hmm. that sort of made the news for a little while, and all of a sudden now it's no big deal. And and the fact that you know that. Record numbers are committing suicide and, and going homeless, and I mean these are all uh, very you know pertinent. Uh, you know these are uh, they're secrets, but they shouldn't be. I mean yes, <laughs> they're out there yes. for a little bit, and then they're swept over because it might affect morale. Well, you know, so does waking up every two hours in, in a cold sweat. I mean that affects your morale. I mean talk to my wife about you know the um, first couple of years we were together. Uh, I'm only now getting. You know, solid eight hours sleep at a time without waking up, and I've been out eleven years. You know, mm. and and, uh, and 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 you know, you could hear stories from Ren Jay, who is you know that has to take a bus from East LA all the way out to West LA to um, to to um, from his shelter out to out to us to get rehearsals and, and whatnot. And and the women that I'm interviewing right now who are going through there's a we're talking about stats earlier. The the recent stat came out; it made the news for about a day. Uh, and then they squashed it with other stuff that 27% of all female service members uh, you, in the U.S. military have been raped. 27%. What? Yes. Wow. And, and, and most of it has been uh, what they call rape by rank. So it's been their commanders. It's not these, you know, Saudis gang raping them or Iraqis, that, you know, which is what we, you know, are, oddly enough, want to have in our head because that somehow makes it, uh, you know, a okay. little more acceptable. Yes. But it's their commanders and, and whatnot. And so, and now we have, we've always had military. The other secret is that we've not had women in combat, but they always have been. But for the first time, they're in protracted combat, meaning that they're actually flying attack helicopters and, and kicking in doors and killing people point blank. And, you know, and, 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 and the greatest secret of all that I would say is that, that we sweep, you know, I was talking earlier about every, every war, we go, wow, the VA doesn't do as good of a job as we thought, and wow, vets have problems. Well, the, the biggest one is the killing of civilians. Now, I don't mean, you know, the, the famed Miley massacre. I mean, you have that people you know, stressing and, and breaking down and, and, and losing it. But uh, on a daily basis, you know, the accidental shootings, the, the you know, misidentification, just the things that happen. And, and that's the thing that I find when I interview soldiers, that, that is the thing that mm. truly haunts the most. And it happens on a much larger scale and larger numbers than you would ever be led to believe. And that's, that's every vet from every war I've talked to. And I've been interviewing vets from World War I uh, before they passed away, the last few that passed away recently, all the way up to this current war. And every single uh, engagement we've had, they, they talk about um, killing of civilians. Yes, and, you know, to go along with that, um, at the same time you hear in the news some uh, soldiers being um, uh, tried for for. Yep. And getting it's what seems to me incredibly excessive 
punishments mm-hmm. for for things you know that they did during a very stressful kind of situation. I mean, it's yeah. like how are you supposed to um, under those conditions? Um, how are you supposed to make a, a judgment call? You know that that. That you certainly, I mean, sometimes people make judgment calls that they wouldn't make if they were more able to be more clear-headed about it. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, good, good point. I mean, we are, you know, we are professional military, and we do train for that. Uh, this is what we do, and this is what's supposed to set us apart, is to be able to to adhere to the Geneva Convention and, and the rules of engagement and all of that. But, but I'll tell you, when you, you know, when you're being sniped at from, you know, and you can't tell which of the 40 houses it is, yes. and, and you got men and women being hit, and your options are, well, we could just unload in that general direction or sit here and get sniped off and play by the rules, uh, I know what most people are going to pick, you know? Yes. Yes. And that's just, that's the thing that they just don't account for. And, and I've, you know, I, I, I don't know the exact reason I'm not in there as to why, the, you know, the decision-making process as to why they're, so publicly go after these guys, but it seems to me like it's a bit of a show and mm-hmm. trying to, you know, it's much more, again, that media. We have a play right now that has two weeks left that's called Sanctuary, and it actually is written by uh, David Williamson, who addresses exactly that, the role of media uh, in military policy. It's mm-hmm. a phenomenal play, and these two have the two extreme points, and they argue about it, and it's it's... They they bring up some pretty ugly truths. And you talk, you, since your title is America's Secrets, they, yes. They well, I appreciate that. I was wondering when you guys are going to come yeah. out with more secrets. <laughs> going to get warmed up. <laughs> um, and, and just to make you know, and, and at the same time that these people are being made the fall guys, you know that we were just talking about. Um, Great, another one. Yeah. The what? Abu Ghraib is another one where yes, I felt like yes. they really punished the privates who were given directives. I mean, yes. there was no chain of command, and it was absolutely in order uh, down. Anyways, that's yes. No, I agree with that. And and at the same time that that's happening, um, the police in our country have become uh, increasingly aggressive. I mean, you really don't want to be stopped for a for a speeding ticket because you might get killed. <laughs> I mean, it's really gotten, and yet they are managing to get away with it, and instead, um, servicemen who are who are uh, risking their lives for our country are are getting court-martialed and worse. So it yep. really just doesn't seem fair. It's you know, it's the same kind of. Uh, I mean, war. It could easily be argued that being in the center of of active combat is a lot more stressful than being on the freeway. Right, right. So, um, so let, let please give out the um, the website address again, and and just uh, tell people, remind people um, about the plays. Okay, um, it's uh, www.govcpa.com, G-O-V-C-P-A.com, and uh, the plays. Uh, this summer we have Twelfth Night Coriolanus in West L.A. at, at a band shell. Uh, cross streets are Santa Monica and Purdue. Uh, and our play, we have a play right now called Sanctuary at our theater at 446 South La Brea. We have our, and you have to look to our website to see our, our uh, upcoming season. But our, I'm really excited about our, our signature piece, Fit for Society. Uh, it's interviews of actual uh, soldiers and family members and whatnot of of war put in a theatricalized event. It's actually really exciting, great acclaim. It's an hour long. And we actually are all, always also donation-based. So <laughs> you can give nothing and decide at the end if it was worth your money or not. So you can't get a much better deal than that. Yes, that's, and that's, that's another part of it that's amazing. Uh, because I know you're all putting so much work into it. Well, I'd like to thank you very much for sharing your secrets. <laughs> and 
lend your creativity and, and all of your work that you are going to be putting on for um, for people's pleasure and for people to kind of, it's a learning experience too. It's not just about the plays and the wonderful acting and the creative way that you that you, uh, that you direct it. It's not, you sort of change it to uh, be very creative. And not that Shakespeare wasn't creative, but you add, <laughs> <laughs> you add your touch to it. So again, the um, the website is Go VCPA, which stands for Veterans Center for the Performing Arts. GoVCPA.com, and I'd like to thank again Stefan Wolfert, the founding creator and artistic director of VCPA, and Joey Pate. And uh, also, please convey my thanks to Renje Delphin, who joined us for a while. He's uh, putting on a brave face. He's really really working hard to make his life work back from the military. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.